This is the Contractor's Corner podcast series from Solar Power World. Welcome to another edition of Contractor's Corner. Today I'm talking with Edward Harner. He is Chief Operating Officer of Green Solar Technologies, a national installer headquartered in Los Angeles, California. So thanks for talking with me today, Edward. Thank you very much, Kelly. Look forward to our, our talk. All right. So how about you give me the basics on Green Solar Technologies? Where all are you guys working? Okay. Um, we started our operation in Southern California, as you mentioned, and about five years ago when I was brought on, um, I, had the, I had the pleasure of growing our business outside of California. So we started um, just moving east with Nevada, Arizona, Texas, Colorado, and just kind of followed where there was demand and where we thought that we could, um, you know, we could uh, get more solar business and give more customers solar. And now we're operating in 24 states, and we are, uh, you know, we're always looking for new markets to enter. Mm-hmm. How do you decide when to enter certain markets? Um, well, to be honest, we've wanted to enter markets a lot more quickly than we've been able but of course there's always licensing requirements and everything that we have to um, we have to uh, work around so some markets have taken longer to come online but generally it's as simple as just supply and demand where is there a demand for solar and is there supply as in are there competitors that can serve those markets Uh, we've always our bread bread and butter has always been to look for cities where there are not a lot of contractors and and target those areas. And we found that to be very, um, I guess, a good good strategy because even today there are many parts of the U.S., particularly in second, third-tier cities or even rural areas where the solar cities or Vivints or Sunruns um, just aren't servicing. So um, we do a lot of business in places like Pueblo, Colorado instead of Denver, or Lubbock, Texas instead of uh, Dallas, and, um, you know, that's kind of where we've gone. Of course, we look at things like where the utility rates are the highest, um, because, of course, the return on investment is always higher for the customer when what they're comparing against is a higher kilowatt hour rate. So with all those things in mind, now we, uh, you know, we're happy to say we're in Illinois, we're in Wisconsin. We're even in Montana and Wyoming. Um, pretty much anywhere where a consumer wants solar, we're going to try to give it to them. And, um, and yeah, we're constantly looking to enter new markets. Okay. How did the company get started back in 2011? Um, some, of the, uh, some of the founding members were already in home improvement and had done solar prior to 2011, and I think uh, they, as well as many other um, contractors and home, home improvement people, saw that in 2008, 2009, the market for remodeling or additions just wasn't really there. So having already done some solar and noticing that in Southern California at the time, there were large rebates um, from different utilities, and instead of spending money, consumers weren't looking to spend money to remodel um, or do additions. They wanted to save money, and solar being one of the only kind of home improvement uh, projects that actually do save the customer money, 
it was a no-brainer. So, uh, so the company was started um, just to concentrate on solar. And, um, and about five years ago, when we decided to go out of state, it was uh, largely due to the fact that the rebates had all but disappeared in California, and there was a ton of competition. And so we just decided to go where there was not a lot of competition, and that's what has made us um, successful and what has uh, you know, made us the company that we are today. Um, I think it was a good decision because a lot of those companies that were around in 2011 who decided not to go out of state, like American Solar Direct and some other local companies, had to uh, shut, shut their operations down. Uh, many went bankrupt, and I think we have always wanted to kind of stay ahead of the competition. And, um, and so, yeah, since 2011, it's been, it's been quite a ride, and uh, we're one of, the, one of the only, you know, nationwide companies that can actually say nationwide. We're not in two states or three states. We're actually operating, um, yeah, in 24. So mm -hmm. uh, that's yeah. kind of the history of our company. Okay, yeah. I mean, you talk a lot about, I'm, I'm assuming residential, but are, are you doing commercial projects too? We are doing commercial projects. I'd say that um, whenever we talk about our numbers, uh, we generally talk about residential just because commercial projects, there's just, it, the timeline is, uh, is really long in most places. And it's a little bit, it's a little bit outside of our, of our, uh, you know, kind of our competitive advantage of reaching consumers in areas where they, they don't have, uh, you know, there's nowhere else to really go. Um, commercial projects, they're large scale, there are a lot of um, different decision makers, and they take a long time. So uh, commercial, I'd say, is maybe 5% of our business. Um, we do do a lot of large, uh, almost commercial projects, let's say uh, farmers in the Midwest um, that have huge ground mounts, or uh, you know, when we do do commercial, I think that our bread and butter is between 100 kilowatts and 500 kilowatts. Uh, I think that there just are not that many companies willing to do commercial projects of that size. I think more of them are going for the really large projects, and um, the margins are so thin on those projects that we we generally don't even uh, don't even spend too much time chasing them. Mm -hmm. But residential, 95%. Um, I think when it comes to residential, there are even a lot of companies that won't do tile roofs or don't like doing ground mounts. We pretty much try to give, we'll, we'll work out the details. If a customer wants solar, we'll make sure that they get it one way or another. We you know, build pergolas, we do carports, we do ground mounts. Um, we'll pretty much do it on any roof as long as we know that the roof is good. And that's how we get a lot of, uh, a lot of our jobs. We talk to hundreds of homeowners a day and at least 20% of them have already considered solar and um, either either they didn't, you know, the local companies didn't have the financing that we can provide them or it was too complex of a job and, um, and other companies didn't want to take them on. We are uh, consistently, consistently doing complex projects where we have to combine multiple meters or, um, or, you know, work with the utilities to uh, even develop some of their uh, their solar billing policies. Uh, we've done multiple projects with co-ops where we were the first solar project in that co-op and helped them to write their net metering policies. 
Um, even in some, some areas when it comes to commercial, I believe we were the first commercial installation in the city of Lubbock, and we had to actually go and petition the, uh, the city to allow us to do a commercial project. So, you know, when it comes to complexity, we don't shy away. We do it, and we just try to get more people solar um, every day. Since you are so adaptable and you, you, you can do all the complex things, how are people finding you? How are you getting your name out there? Especially like it, since you're entering some of these states that um, haven't really had access to solar installers, how are people finding you? Um, well, we, like, um, like any other company, I would imagine, have uh, a lot of people working on SEO, PPC campaigns. Um, we also have a big, uh, big network of referrers. And, um, and we're adding more and more people all the time. We have independent consultants out there reaching out to homeowners in their social network and asking if they're interested in solar. And then they provide us the name and number of the, uh, of the customer. And we do the analysis to see if solar is right for them. And, um, you know, unlike, unlike local companies, uh, we are a little bit challenged on how to effectively target I know that there are companies like Peterson Dean um, or Semper Solaris here uh, in California that spend a lot of money on radio, print, TV, and that frankly doesn't really work for us because we are in so many different states. So, you know, we do a mix of every kind of marketing that you can imagine and, um, and try, to, try to really keep our cost per acquisition down by making sure that we really utilize digital. And, you know, I'm speaking with you right now. Obviously, this is part of our, uh, part of our attempt to gain more customers. I'm sure that you have many solar companies reaching out to you to uh, do stories on them. We are the same. Um, we do quite a lot of press releases and reach out to uh, journalists such as yourself. And we also have a lot of happy customers that refer us to their neighbors and friends and, um, and those are always the lowest cost per acquisition, as you can imagine. Uh, people are much more likely to get solar through us if they have a friend who's happy with us. And um, we really try to nurture our, our customers before and after install so that they tell everybody about green solar technologies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it all kind of it all works together. Um, yes, it does. So you are very public about things, like you said, and, and getting your name out there. Um, Green Solar Technologies was the only solar installation company to testify in favor of the solar panel tariffs earlier this year. So I was just wondering what has been kind of the after effects of that decision to be pro-tariffs? Um, that's, a, that's a good question. I'll tell you that uh, when we were first approached by Solar World um, over a year ago, it was pretty risky on our part. And um, did we really want to be the only installer to be in favor of the tariffs? It, it was risky because we didn't really, uh, you know, we knew there'd be some backlash. I know that SIA's position was that it was going to kill the solar industry. And um, we, we did the numbers, we ran the numbers and just said, is it really going to affect the industry as a whole? Utility rates keep going up. Um, if the tariffs come in, what is the likely scenario of that? At the end of the day, we wanted to make sure to do what's best for our consumers. And we were getting calls all the time from 
companies that we had never heard of manufacturing in uh, in countries that uh, that are just starting to install solar or just starting to manufacture solar. And the whole thing about solar is that it's a you know 25 year warranty is very important. And any company can write that there's a 20, 25 year warranty, but how do we know in 10 years whether that warranty would would mean anything, right? We, uh, you know, there are many companies, even large companies like Bosch, that just stopped manufacturing and people thought they had warranties. So then, you know, we kind of thought that in order to keep the industry honest, that there needed to be something done. And so we did testify in favor of the solar panel tariffs. And interestingly, after the tariffs went through, SIA, you know, I guess made a lot of statements about how they were incorrect. The solar industry was virtually unscathed, and they did a little bit of a turnaround. And I think that what we've found is that there has been hardly any negative consequence of these tariffs. And in fact, what we've seen is that there are multiple solar panel companies, foreign companies, that have announced that they are beginning to manufacture in the U.S. That includes, um, you know, Korean Q cells or uh, or Silfab from Canada, um, China Sunergy, to name a few. And um, and I think that it makes perfect economic sense to them. And I think that uh, that this all happened because of the tariffs, and we're we're proud of that. Um, the U.S. obviously is uh, is up up there as far as solar adoption, and we were just wondering why consumers didn't have the the choice on on whether or not they could get U.S. made panels. If we didn't testify, we thought that there was a real uh, real risk that there may not be any U.S. solar manufacturing companies, and uh, we just wanted to make sure that the consumers had the choice. So I think that what I've seen is that, you know, these tariffs have actually changed the entire landscape of the solar industry, and now there are many manufacturing facilities already online and more coming online all the time. So um, so we're happy to see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned how Solar World was the, the company that asked you to, to testify, and you guys were a big installer of Solar World panels. So... And they were just, you know, recently purchased by SunPower, and with all of that, when did you decide it was kind of time to look for a new U.S. supplier of solar panels? Um, well, we have recently partnered with Mission Solar, and um, and we had already uh, we had already learned about Mission Solar years ago, and um, we already had begun speaking with them, and even visited their factory, and we always knew the mission made good panels. And I think that when we analyze what was important to us, of course, we have to consider values of an organization. And I think that it spoke volumes for us that Mission had already been uh, manufacturing solar in the U.S. And they're, you know, by far the most uh, most reputable of the solar, you know, the U.S. solar companies as far as, uh, you know, they have three times quality um, quality testing and, um, you know, they have a state-of-the-art facility in San Antonio, Texas. And really, when SunPower acquired SolarWorld, we wondered what would happen. And we had already kind of begun uh, preparations to to look at other U.S. manufacturing companies. And many, many reached out to us. And, um, you know, it was, uh, it was a bit of a no-brainer to go with Mission Solar 
it's a great name, it's a great product, and we see uh, we see good things coming out of our partnership with them. Mm-hmm. What do you think for other solar installers wanting to make sure that they're purchasing U.S. solar panels and, and with all the new players coming into the market? Um, how do you think solar installers can choose the right brands? What can they do to kind of go the same route as you and make sure that they they have good good solar panels? Well, I'll say um, you know the the things that we considered on top of obviously the quality is um, is the capacity of uh, of their production, and um, we we are a high volume purchaser of panels, and I know that some other companies have just just started manufacturing in the U.S. It's kind of untested as far as how many they can actually produce. We do know that that it takes a long time for all the um, all the production capacity to be reached, and um, and we need continuity in our in our company. We sell a lot of panels, and it takes because we work in so many different states, and some states uh, you know have really strict permitting requirements and or utility approvals that need to be had before installing. Um, we have, you know, from the moment that we sell, maybe on average 60, day, uh, 60 days before the panels are installed. So we need to know um, very far ahead of time if there are going to be panels uh, by the time that we install them. Now, Mission Solar, we just went over to their factory and we're really impressed. I believe it was seven acres or so of an actual production building and we walked around for you know an hour or so through the inside of the factory and then and then we were told that we only went through half of the factory they actually had they actually have the capacity to to double production and so that was really important to us um, I know that that a lot of the other companies um, a lot of the other companies that are that are coming online in the US they are aggressively um, courting installers. So even if they have capacity right now to fill those orders, I'm just wondering uh, wondering if by the time they're done and, and get all these installers to start selling for them, if there will be enough panels left for them, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so I think that, of course, independent quality control testing is extremely important, as well as the uh, production capabilities um, as far as volume. I think that, uh, you know, the good thing is I trust American-made panels. I think that in order to be competitive, all of these companies are going to have to do their testing. Um, it's just it comes down to who can produce enough to fill the demand. And, um, you know, that's, that's a big reason why we picked Mission Solar. Mm-hmm. And I think other installers should also, you know, consider that. Yeah, that's a good point. Is there demand for other U.S.-made products within solar, like our customers or even you? Are you looking for U.S.-made inverters or mounting or anything like that? Um, well, I believe there are, you know, only a couple U.S. Mm-hmm. inverter companies. Let's say Selectria, I think, is uh, is you know mostly commercial. Fronius, I think, you know, has its own problems. Um, as far as we're always looking for U.S.-made anything. To be honest, but um, but as of now, I think that Solar Edge is our partner. We believe in Solar Edge. It's uh, you know they're a huge company. They really take care of us when it comes to uh, when it comes to customer service. Their technology is great. It really allows the customers to uh, to see production 
day to day, panel by panel. And I recently got my first solar system installed, and I used uh, I used Solar Edge. And obviously, I could have picked any company, and I picked Solar Edge just because I think that they are top of the line and also the most cost effective. And you know, it, it makes me feel good that they're a big company, and um, you know, they have a huge huge production production uh, uh, huge production capacity. And you know, Solar Edge to us is clearly the the top tier uh, inverter company. If and when there is a viable um, viable U.S. inverter company, I'm sure that they'll be calling out to us, and we'll do our analysis then. But I think that we're we're pretty happy with Solar Edge as of now. Um, with if you want to talk about racking, I know that um, you know we use Iron Ridge, Everest, Unirac, like most companies, and they extrude aluminum here in the U.S. So. Um, when it comes to mounting, racking, there are U.S. options, and those are the ones that we're going for. It, um, you know, they're all UL certified, so we feel good about that. And there is, uh, you know, there is U.S. manufacturing for them. So, uh, when it comes to the inverters, again, uh, I think that the choices that we have are great, whether they're made in the U.S. or not. And if and when they're U.S.-made companies, we will, uh, will definitely consider them. Okay. Well, congratulations on your own solar array. That's great. Yeah, thank you very much. I'm loving it. <laughs> I'm I'm in uh, I'm in Burbank Water and Power, which is a small uh, small utility here in Los Angeles, and one of the only ones that still have net metering. And so I really love. Um, you know, we had the hottest hottest couple days on record here this summer, uh, 118 degrees Ugh. near my house, and that was about a week. And at the end of the month, I had a $20 utility bill, and so I was, uh, I was all smiles. So <laughs> that's good. I'll, I'll, tell, uh, I'll tell anybody who lives in a net metering area that that's going to be, you know, net metering seems to be going away in many places. So if you have net metering, you have to go solar now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> For sure. So what's the, what's the storage conversation like in, in green solar technologies markets? Um, we... We, of course, want to, um, you know, if customers want it, we will give it to them. I will say that when it comes to off-grid options, we typically try to, uh, to talk our customers out of it. It's not, it's a little bit cost prohibitive at this point. And we like, if people want fully off-grid, it is a lot bigger of a project than they can imagine. And, um, and I think that most utilities in the U.S., Using them as uh, you know, plugging into their infrastructure is a lot more safe. It's a lot more cost uh, cost effective, and yeah, off grid. I just I wish that technology would would advance quicker in that in that regard, and that there'd be more competition so that the price would come down. As of now, I think that um, that for most people, it just doesn't make sense. We've done off grid in places where people have cabins or other areas where the utility doesn't actually have a line going out to them. And so there is no choice and we'll do it there. But if they are connected to the grid, I'd say that, um, you know, 95% of the time we'd, we'd try to talk them into another option. Um, when it comes to batteries like LG Chem, um, we sell a lot of LG Chem and it's right for some customers. It's not right for other customers. I know that, um, that 
storage is going to be more and more on people's minds, and we are uh, we're also exploring all the time the different manufacturers, and they come to see us. And um, as of now, I think that Algae Chem is the best option. Um, another thing that we do like to offer customers that maybe even gives you more of a bang for the for your buck is the Generac solution. If people are looking to have a little backup when the utility goes down instead of fully off grid, um, Generac makes a lot of sense because it's uh, natural gas um, or propane, and you know it's an automatic transfer switch. So if the utility goes down, it switches automatically. Um, it's not it's not loud like like traditional generators, and um, and it's a great solution at a great price. And we do a lot of Generac installs across the U.S., and, and we've never had a customer complain about it. And I think that it's been around long enough and tested for long enough that it is a very viable solution. Um, and if customers really understood why they wanted um, the backup, they would recognize that uh, a Generac and solar combination is probably the best bet for 90% of our customers. Hmm. Never really heard that option being offered are a lot of customers kind of surprised when you offer the the generator yeah um people when they when they hear generator they think of old generators that might even be um those that you can roll around and are gas powered and um, sound like a lawnmower mm -hmm. these generac systems are most of the time um you know attached to a concrete platform they don't turn on unless the grid goes down and it automatically just turns on um, and it can power your house as long as it's properly sized uh, for a long time. Now, if it's just a battery backup with an LG Chem and the sun's not out, obviously you get to the end of the line and there's no more, no more uh, juice for you. Whereas Generac, it just keeps, uh, it keeps working as long as you need it to work. And um, with the automatic transfer switch, you might not even know that it happened um, you know, that your grid went down at all. It, uh, you know, your house is still running. And what I live in Southern California, the grid goes down maybe once a year, maybe twice a year for an hour, maybe two hours max. So, um, you know, a lot of people don't need that option here, but because we work in so many different places and, you know, we're hearing, especially when the hurricanes hit in the East Coast or the Southeast, um, you know, even in very snowy areas where power line will go down, we've had customers say that they lose power for a day, two days, even longer sometimes. And a lot of our customers who really require power, let's say people who are on, uh, on medical machines and those kind of things, they do need an option. And, um, and an LG Chem or, or one of those batteries won't even work for their needs a lot of times because it needs to stay on for as long as they need it on. And so that's why I think Generac makes us feel a lot better and um, it's fairly affordable. Hmm. So yeah. that's why we like Generac. It's really interesting. Um, since you are working in so many different areas, how do you stay on top of all the various legislation and, and policy changes going on across the country? We have three full-time analysts. Um, just analyzing all the different trends and specific to utilities, uh, what's happening. We keep a list of what we call the absolutely not utilities, utilities that either don't have a, uh, a specific or cohesive 
solar billing policy or just really terrible policies with buy-all, sell-all policies that um, really make, uh, make no sense for the customer. We make sure that if a customer reaches out to us, um, you know, particularly organically, they find us online or through one of our campaigns, right away before we start talking to them, we look at our list and make sure that they're not in these utilities. And if they are, we simply tell them that solar is not right for them. Now, we, unlike other companies, because we're in so many different places, I think we're uniquely um, you know, able to see the macro trends. And what we're seeing is that utilities are noticing that they're losing a lot of their customer base and they're not standing idly by. I think that they are trying to balance um, you know, their own PR with the fact that they need to, uh, they need to kind of uh, convince customers not to go solar. So they're, they're enacting all different kinds of uh, red tape to try to make solar less attractive. Now we're seeing in, uh, in areas like, I believe Duke in some states that are requiring customers to have a million dollar uh, liability policy. We install solar on you know, homes that are worth $200,000. To get a million dollar policy is unfeasible for many people. And we really feel like it's a way for the utilities to um, pretend like they have a good solar policy so it doesn't look bad for them. But at the end of the day, most customers are not going to be able to, to meet that requirement. We also have some other, uh, other utilities where they are charging exorbitant amounts for a for interconnection fee so you know if you go solar we're going to charge you sixty dollars a month well the return on investment gets uh, you know really ugly when you when you put that into the equation so that's uh, you know that's another way that they try to make uh, make people not go solar and then what we've even seen in Southern California which is much more um, difficult for a lot of customers to understand is changing from what I think SoCal Edison and LA Department of Water and Power, some other utilities here that are switching from true net metering to what they consider net metering 2.0. Whenever the utilities are changing their net metering policy, it's never good for the customer. And most of the time it means that, um, that you know, they're switching to time of use or, or other uh, or other ways to uh, to make the return on investment worse for solar. So, I think this is one area that uh, that keeps me keeps me up at night as far as our industry because we have very little power um, to change that. But I do know that there are some states where uh, where obviously there is some some uh, pushback. I'm not sure if you're aware, but uh, Nevada about three years ago. Um, kind of got rid of net metering, NV Energy did, mm-hmm. and so many solar companies uh, pulled out of Nevada, as did we. And then I think there was, uh, you know, there was some some court cases, and it was overturned. And so now Nevada is back to uh, being a solar friendly state. I know that in uh, let me see what utility was in in New Mexico that had this uh, really high uh, connection fee that. There was some pushback, and I guess the legislature decided that it was too high, and so so they've gotten rid of this high um, connection fee. So I see it both ways. I think the utilities are are reacting, and in most most of the time they're reacting in a way that's not good for solar. But also there's a grassroots 
sort of, um, you know, push back against these utilities. And I think solar, you know, solar is still healthy as an industry, but we have to stay on top of it. And I know that there's going to have to be a lot of lobbying in the future. And um, we hope to be a part of that as well. Mm-hmm. It's a lot for you guys to keep up with going all over the country. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. And there are just so many utilities and, um, and we not only have to come up with our lists um, of what the policy is, but we have a systematic way of going and checking in every three months for every utility. And you can imagine if you do the math that, um, that you know, it does require three people uh, full time to try to keep up with it. Mm-hmm. And another thing is that we have, we have 300 plus partner installers across the U.S. And so they give us a different perspective because they're on the ground, right? So, so they will oftentimes come back and say, um, you know, watch out for this utility or this utility is great right now. Um, there's a huge rebate. I mean, Illinois is the perfect example um, where, you know, there are these great SRACs and I think, uh, you know, in Missouri, there are a lot of utilities that still have great rebates. We're hearing it from both sides. Don't work with these utilities or specifically target these utilities. And, you know, nothing beats that because we can have three guys in here, but um, but when we have 300 people who are basically our intelligence officers across the U.S., it really does give us a unique perspective and we can stay ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so where do you hope to see green solar technologies in the next few years? Um, well, I think that, uh, that we're always looking for new markets, but even if we don't enter new markets, I think that, uh, I think that we just like to capture more market share in these markets. Now, I'll say that, uh, that out of the other nationwide solar companies, we, we don't, uh, we're, not, we're not funded by huge investment by external sources. We started as a private company, remain private, and so we really do have to uh, pay attention to the bottom line. So we try to expand responsibly, and we try not to uh, try not to incur a lot of costs setting up shop everywhere before we really know um, what's happening over there. So up until now, we've been less concerned with market share and more concerned with uh, profitability and I think that we have a good foundation now that we can start really um, utilizing all of our resources and all of our customers since we've done thousands of installs now to really help us um, help us grow. And so hopefully you'll you'll hear green solar technologies mentioned in the same way that you you hear Tesla or Vivint or Sunrun, except for that you know we hope to overtake all of them. And um, and be the the premier solar company. Mm-hmm. Well, good luck. I, I do wish you luck, and and thanks so much, Edward, for talking with me today. Thank you so much, Kelly. This has been another edition of Contractors Corner. Join us each month as editor Kelly Pickerel chats with solar installers across the country. Thanks for listening to the Solar Power World podcast. Visit us online to hear more great podcasts, view industry videos, and read our great editorial content. SolarPowerWorldOnline.com. See you back here next month.